It's good to be with you all. It has been a wonderful and crazy day. It was awesome outside, so so good to see uh, so many of you out there and being patient with my face painting skills. Um, and so you didn't know, your pastor also face paints somewhat, somewhat. I, I'm, I'm decent. I'm not bad. But I, I, I'm so grateful for all those who served um, this uh, afternoon and was able to put a smile to so many people in our community at large. And so thank you for your service. Um, and I'm excited to continue into this Advent season with each of you. So we are um, going to be reading the Gospel of Luke um, this Advent season. And so today marks the beginning of this journey as we lit the candle on the wreath. And this journey is really um, talking about how, again, we're looking forward um, to when God came to dwell among us. The fancy word called incarnation, when the word became flesh. And this is what this Advent season, it begins this season of anticipation in our lives. Not only are we looking at back at when Jesus first came, but we are, ourselves are also looking forward to when Jesus will come again. We anticipate the future. So the word Advent actually comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming, coming. So where does that leave us? Friends, it leaves us in the present moment, standing in the tension of what has already happened and what has not yet to come. For many of us, Jesus has changed everything in our lives. The coming of Jesus was and is a signal that God is a yet again faithful to his promises. But it's okay if you are still figuring out who God is or who this Jesus is. This is a great time and a great season to draw into these stories as we kind of set the scene of what the world looked like then before Jesus was even born. We're going to read a story this evening that is only found in the Gospel of Luke, and it's another birth story that happens before Jesus was born, about two faithful Israelites, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who have seemingly done everything they, uh, they can and be perfect and faithful Israelites, and yet they have experienced the pain of an unanswered prayer, a long, long unanswered prayer. Has anybody felt like that before? The pain in this story is the pain of wanting a child and that not happening. And I mentioned this before reading it because I recognize that that can trigger and hit very close to home for some in this uh, community, whether that is a desire of your own heart or the loss of a child. And so I want us to just be mindful that the spirit is present that we're holding that space, that in the midst of this Christmas story, in the midst of this Advent, we have a mix of weariness, of sadness and pain, and yet can we find the hope and the joy? That is what I'm going to say that we can. We can hold the tension of both, and we can recognize God's Spirit trying to heal us in the midst of all of that. And so I invite you to follow along in this story, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 23. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old." Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, 
he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day that this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So the title of this series is Weary Rejoicing. From the song lyrics, A Holy Night, you might remember a thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And I don't know if that connects with you in this season, this weariness, and yet a reason to rejoice. Or maybe it's been in other seasons where you've connected to this weariness. This weariness is a feeling of tiredness, especially as the dictionary says, especially from a result of excessive exertion or a lack of sleep. What might be keeping you up in this season? Are there anxieties, worries, pains, something you're obsessing about and can't let go? I will admit that most of the time when the holiday season comes rolling around, my first thoughts are very happy. I am like a kid and want to go and run in the snow when I see that Christmas festival and I hear the carolers and I think of really happy thoughts. And I am grateful that that is my first thought. I was blessed to be able to have a family that tried their hardest to make every Christmas something magical, something special for us to have that together. But I also realize that to make that Christmas happen, I probably don't realize the weariness that my parents had trying to make sure that those Christmases were special, the sacrifices that were made, and yet I had that innocence. I didn't recognize that that wasn't everybody's experience at a young age. 
And I don't think I even would have connected weariness with Christmas. Because to me, we see the lights. I look around in the neighborhoods, and as people put that on, it seems like there's this happiness, right? That we should all automatically feel joy. But I recognize that's probably not where everybody is thinking. Because sometimes when we are supposed to feel joy, all we remember is what we are lacking. What prayer hasn't been answered? What thing that we think everybody else has, yet we do not have? And so there's this disparity, this feeling of loss. And I think this is sometimes where this weariness kind of begins to bubble at the surface. I don't think I truly had an understanding of weariness until I hit in my 20s. And I've only tried to get sober twice, the second time stuck. But both times was around the holidays. I don't know what that is about. You would think I'd want to keep drinking and using during the holidays, but somehow I was so beaten down from my addiction that the first time I was, it was in November when I went into rehab and had a hard time just trying to be honest, but was in no way ready. I was more so just out of money and out of other solutions that I just came to rehab. And then the next time, two years later, again, my addiction and my choices of running out there and self-will run riot led me back into the rooms. But this time, this time I was more than weary. I was just a shell of a person. And I got sober in December. And I remember this thrill of hope would have been nothing in my vocabulary. There was no hope. I really wasn't sure sobriety, let alone God, was going to be any of that solution for myself. And I just remember being exhausted by the Christmas season. I remember looking around and wondering why people were laughing and smiling, and that was not what I felt on the inside. This thrill of hope. I didn't have it. Have you been there before? Have you felt that? Maybe for some of you, as you walked in and saw that, it was just a disconnect from where you are in this season. And I want you to know, be patient with yourself if that's where you're at. I wonder, as we read this story, if Zechariah and Elizabeth, if they would consider themselves weary. Did they consider themselves weary? We hear Zechariah mention, as Gabriel makes this announcement about their prayers being answered, that we are of old age. We have lived this long life, this long life being dedicated in one direction. And this prayer, this prayer has yet to be unanswered. And so now, now this is supposed to be answered. I bet that weariness, it was hard to even believe that what Gabriel, this angel was saying could be true. Now, I want to say that as we read this, Zechariah is surprised taken back by angel, what the angel Gabriel was saying. Can you imagine the longing, this longing that welled up inside? And when we meet Zechariah, this was an ordinary day. He was of the line of Aaron who would go into the temple and who would burn incense. Now, I want to note that he isn't serving alone. He might have been in the temple serving during this um, incense sacrifice, but the text tells us that there were people gathered around on the outside. And so all of these people gather during this hour, and they offer their prayers to God. 
Now, as the Talmud ceremony is described, the priest at the end of this would come out, exit, and they would offer a blessing to the people that are gathered outside of the temple. And this would have been familiar words that we find in the book Numbers. Have you heard of this blessing? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. But on this day, that is not what happens. On this day, Zechariah is astonished. And out of his astonishment and a little bit of doubt that what the angel is saying, that his prayer will be answered. There will be a son named John. He is struck mute. He is unable to respond. And I'm sure with this happening, he is still confused on what does this mean? And so when he exits the temple, he meets the people and the people are waiting for their blessing. And yet all he can do is sign to them. Now, it says in the text that they because he was signing and couldn't speak, that they would automatically assume that he has received some vision. And so maybe many of them would, would understand that and draw curious and say, okay, we're going to find out one day what this vision was. But as I read the text, I wondered, maybe there was a Karen there, or I don't know what the male equivalent would be of a, a Karen, maybe a, a Dan, or I don't know, you can tell me. But I wonder, a Chad... <laughs> We love you, Karens, Chads, and Dans, or whoever, but you get what I mean. This person who was only thinking about themselves, this person who gathered outside and was saying their prayers, and yet they came and received no blessing. Is it hard when you gather around people and one person seems to get their prayer answered, and yet that prayer, that longing that you have, seems to go unanswered day after day after day now i recognize you're like this isn't the most christmasy message but we're mercy street and i think that we need to be real we need to be real about the honesty that yes there is joy and we are celebrating the birth of jesus who i believe and have experienced personally that that changes everything. But friends, before we can get to the joy, we have to acknowledge where we're at, where that pain is, where that weariness is. Nine years ago, I was on staff here in uh, youth ministry, and I was pregnant with my son Judah, the one over here who was being impatient. (laughs) So I was pregnant with him, and in this time, I was so excited. It was my first child, And there's all this curious of what is this going to be? What kind of life is this going to be? And I was so excited to be a mom. And at the 20-week anatomy scan, we found out that something wasn't right with Judah's heart. And I will tell you, we were entering into this Advent season. And the theme here was fear, hopes, and fears. Hopes and fears. And I will tell you, I was really pissed. Because that took a whole new meaning when I was dealing and waiting in between doctor's uh, doctor's appointments. I went to one doctor, and the doctor said, oh, it's probably fine. We just want to send you to a specialist just to see what's going on. And so, again, this anticipation and this worry and this fear continues, and I'd wait. 
And I'd come to work during Advent, during Christmas, when I'm supposed to have a smile, and people want to hear your joy. And inside, I just remember really struggling. Would this prayer be answered or would it not? Would I have the strength to find hope in somebody else's prayer being answered while mine goes unanswered? And that season was long, long. I remember going to the next one and finding out, no, we want to send you now to the cardiologist and we'll get you special tests just to verify what's really going on. And a few more weeks go by and I'm still going through this Christmas season. And this time, because I'm working at the church, people come around me and just say, just pray, just pray even harder and your prayers will be answered. And I know they meant well by that. But I will tell you, I didn't think that if I prayed harder or that if I didn't pray, that God was trying to punish me. That did not make sense for me in that moment. And so when I read this text, I wonder what kind of heart posture that Zechariah and Elizabeth had after year after year of waiting. Did they keep that heart posture waiting and saying, I've seen that you've been faithful to my friend down the street. I've seen you've been faithful to my friend in my small group. I've seen you be faithful to the next person. Pray, Lord. My prayer will be answered. And however that prayer might be answered, that I would have the strength to accept it. Is this where Zechariah and Elizabeth were? In their weariness and yet still finding a reason to rejoice, to find this thrill of hope. What will it take for each of us to find that thrill of hope? I will tell you in that season, what I loved hearing in this text, that it doesn't, it doesn't say that the fear went away, and yet it says, angel says when he meets Zechariah, do not be afraid. Friends, this is said all throughout the text, all throughout Luke. We're going to see it week after week, but all throughout the Bible, we see when greeted with this situation that the angel greets them and says, do not be afraid. And so, friends, as we enter into this Advent season, I want you to be able to have an honest reflection before God right now on where are you? Remember, when they gathered at that temple, yes, Zechariah was lighting the incense and he was standing there, but the gathered body was there. And each person had their own prayer that they were lifting up to God. May you be honest with God on what it is that will spark that hope. Would you take a moment and just close your eyes? Take a posture that is open for you to allow yourself to just sit before God's presence. God, some of us know you as loving. Some of us know you as faithful, one who draws near. And yet, Lord, some of us are still trying to grasp words to describe who you are and how you care for each of us. And so, Lord, I ask for your spirit of patience on each of us. Each of us are coming into this season of Advent, this season of Christmas, as we wait upon you, Lord, to come again. 
but we all have our own expectations in this season. And so, Lord, I pray that in this moment, we might be able to lay those expectations at your feet. I'm going to invite you, if you have a prayer that is on your heart, that you would be able to say that right now before God. Lord God, the tension is palpable. The mix of joy and fear is real. And yet, Lord, all it takes is your spirit to spark hope. That as we draw together, even in our waiting, Lord, that we might see that you are present here and now. To the gentle hand of a neighbor, And the coming and receiving the bread and the cup from you, Lord, as a tangible sign of your love and your mercy. Lord, that we might awaken ourselves in this season to see you in new light. Amen.